0: No, um,
1: I mean like Sixers in. Oh, okay. Uh, Sixers. I will go. I previously said Sixers and six. Now I'll say in seven.
0: Hello, everybody. Happy Monday. And welcome to episode 13 of the Burners and ba- Basketball <laughs> Podcast. I am here with my co host, Sixers Adam. Adam Aronson, some call him, but most just call him Sixers Adam. Before we get started with today's topics, let's get into the basics. Do not forget to follow us on Twitter, Burners and b Email us any questions, comments, concerns, stories. burnersandbasketball at gmail.com. Hashtag Burnertake on Twitter. Anytime a hot take comes into your mind, we will probably go and touch onto those at some point in an episode. We've been bad recently because a lot is going on. Playoffs are happening. Adam, let's start off with the sadness. Actually, you don't really care, but let's (laughs) talk about your Sixers. Yeah, they played played (laughs) their first game. And I think that probably maybe shocked you a little bit.
1: Yeah, they uh, they lost to the Hawks in game one at home. Uh, not what I expected after Joel and B turned out to be totally fine and healthy. Uh, but, you know, when your point guard goes 3 of 10 from the free throw line and mm-hmm. the other team's point guard is 35 and 10, uh, and you go down by 26 in the first half, that's what happens.
0: So, so you and I have both had the same difficult time with the star player on our team struggling from the free throw line. But, but Ben Simmons seems to be like just absurdly bad.
1: Yeah. It's been, <laughs> it's gotten really bad in the playoffs. I think he's like 10 for 33 or something like really horrific. He's like 32% from the free throw line. At like for like, Sim- yeah, Ben Simmons is an amazing player. He's been an all-star ever since he came into the league. You know, the Sixers are very lucky to have him. At the same time, uh, to be shooting like 30% from the line in the playoffs is like really brutal. Uh, And it's going to be something where they're going to continually lose points that they should be getting for as long as he's in the slump. Like he's, of course, never going to be a good free throw shooter, but at least in the regular season, he was like 60 to 70% where it's like at least he's going to make them most of the time even if it's not nearly as much as someone should. But right now, he's just almost exclusively missing.
0: Okay, here's my thing. I hate to say this, hashtag burner tick maybe, but you just can't have a guy that is not a threat offensively and cannot make free throws, especially when you need him in at the end of games because of his defense. And he is a great player. We know that. But, like, the free throws thing is literally, like, if this continues, if he can't get above 50%, that's a huge issue to me.
1: Yeah, no, it is. That's, like, probably roughly the number that I would say, too. Like, if you're not at least, like, splitting two free throws, uh, it's, I mean, it's tough to have you out on the floor, especially when, you know, the best player on the team is a low post center who likes to play inside and, uh, you know, there are all the, all the reasons that people have talked about where sometimes Simmons makes things difficult. But like you said, they kind of can't afford to put him off the court because he's so good defensively. And they need that. Uh, yeah. And it's why he will always be one of the most confusing players in the NBA.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think he gets a lot of shit. And a lot of it perhaps is deserved. I mean, another player, speaking of getting shit, is Paul George, who... Who I find fascinating because we I'm watching the Clippers, the play in game seven, and I'm just thinking to my in my head, Paul George should give Kawhi like a freaking thank you basket, a bouquet of flowers. You know how much he is saving himself from, how much slander. Because Kawhi yeah. just exists.
1: Yeah, Paul George has some Rudy Gobert energy to him, <laughs> like we talked about last week, where like It just seems like people have decided that they don't like him and they find him very annoying and they like to have fun at his expense. And I don't know what the exact like moment is that started this of like people being anti Paul George.
0: Oh, no, Uh, no, no, no. I don't fall in that category. I think that when you when like, there's nothing about him that really bothers me as a player or person. I don't have a strong opinion on him either way, but Going and calling yourself Playoff P is setting yourself up.
1: Yeah, that's probably what did him in.
0: It, it is what did it in. There was a there was a moment after the game where, like, he tried to swap. Oh my god, I am like crying thinking about it. He like tried to swap jerseys with Luca. Did you see that? Yeah. <laughs> okay, my theory is that Luca. I saw someone say that he wasn't wearing an undershirt and. After doing some research, like sorry, this is like weird, but like I looked up like Luca Don. <laughs> I was like shirtless, and like he's never been photographed shirtless. And some people literally just don't like to, which makes sense. Sure, yeah, you know what I mean. Like a lot, it makes sense to genuinely like not want to take your shirt off if you're not wearing. Yeah, your I'm shirt. glad.
1: I'm glad you did the investigative journalism here.
0: I did and because got down to
1: the bottom of it.
0: And you know what's so sad? Like it, like. You could get like so many memes and be bullied for like in this day and age, like if you take your shirt off and like it's so vulnerable. And a lot of people like don't think about that because, you know, a lot of NBA players have these like very fit builds. But yeah, I, I think that it was a funny concept of him not wanting to swap jerseys, but I truly think it's because he was not wearing an undershirt.
1: Yeah, like Paul George is obviously a great player, and Luka Doncic knows that, and I'm sure he respects Paul George. Uh, however, w- even putting that aside, it's still a very, very funny thing that Paul George it's, wanted to <laughs> wanted to jersey swap with Luka, and Luka said no. <laughs> he
0: was taking off his shirt, like he was taking. He it took it his off. off. He
1: he took his off. Oh, no, it was don't. just his undershirt. Wait, Adam, and was he's like a, no, <laughs> I can't. I can't.
0: Wait. Okay, yeah. so who was the best player in this series?
1: Uh. I think through in the throughout the course of the series probably Luka, but I would say in Towards the biggest the moments, yeah, yeah, I would say in the biggest moments of it, it was Kawhi. Just cuz it seemed like, you know, not that Luka isn't clutch, like Luka is one of the like most clutch players in the league already and probably the most clutch young player I've ever seen. Um, but Kawhi just has a has a level that I'm not sure anybody outside of LeBron and like maybe Steph Curry have. Mm -hmm. where he could just be entirely unstoppable for games at a time. And he just like knew exactly when he needed to take over and he did it.
0: No, I'm telling you, I've said it before, even on this podcast, but the Grizzlies have faced many teams. Kawhi was the worst. Like firsthand experience playing Kawhi in a playoff series is like potentially the most terrifying thing. Same here.
1: Kawhi has done some things to both of us.
0: Yeah, so, okay, let's get this out of the way. Um, Adam has it in the top of our podcast notes, like, bold. (laughs) I'm kidding, it's not bold. But he has it first. Play the somber music. Um, The Memphis Grizzlies were eliminated from the playoffs after a hard-fought five games against the best team record-wise in the league. I really hope this is edited with sad music. (laughs) Hmm. The Utah Jazz. Um, Every game was hard fought. Perhaps the least tough game was game six. I did not have any sadness after that game um, because like why like the Utah Jazz are just unbelievable and the fact that the Grizzlies were able to compete for that many games was really cool and just the playoff experience was really cool. Proud of them and very mature about it. Not even going to say that Rudy Gobert started the coronavirus pandemic.
1: Even though he did. There was no no (laughs) pandemic until Rudy Gobert.
0: Until he touched that microphone. Anyways, that's a a concern for another day. Um, I saw some Grizzlies fans start to get annoyed with Mike Conley, but this Grizzlies fan has just like so much love for him that he would have to literally kick John Morant like in the face. Yeah. For my opinions to change. Anyways, that's over with. Time for me to be a impartial basketball fan. Actually, you know, I think this next series, I'll kind of start to like pick my teams. Um, What other series recently like ended? Okay. Suns Lakers.
1: Um, yeah. An interesting that's one. right. Our Phoenix Suns.
0: Your Phoenix Suns. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, I picked the Lakers to win the West, so I Uh look kind of dumb now. But it's worth it because really, I am so thrilled to see Chris Paul and really the whole team because it is a very fun team.
0: You Uh, think it would be Lakers-Nets?
1: I thought it was going to be Lakers-Nets, yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, God, that's like Adam Silver's
1: freaking dream. I know, I know. Yeah. Um, But yeah, the Suns, they start... Their series with the Nuggets tonight. This is Monday night when we're recording this. Um, they're at home again. I think they have a real chance of winning the West. I really do. They are just such a good team. Like all, they have so many good players. All of them fit perfectly with each other. Devin Booker was unbelievable in that Game Six when he put the Lakers out.
0: Unbelievable.
1: Uh, Chris Paul is always reliable. Uh, Like Jay Crowder and Mikhail Bridges played really well. DeAndre Ayton's been great. Like they've got all these different guys and they don't, they don't necessarily have, you know, one like top 10, top five player in the league, like most title teams do, but they just have so many good players that it's become hard to beat. Uh, And it's going to be interesting because the Nuggets do have that, you know, top five player with Nikola Jokic, but not much else surrounding him right now due to injuries. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, the the clash of styles there between like the, you know, one star who's doing it all himself versus, uh, you know, a team of a bunch of contributors.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that that's low-key what we just saw. Besides, obviously, there are other players around LeBron, but the Lakers are not a a, deep, a very deep, talented yeah. team like they're not I think that on paper they look good but there needs to be some changes there for sure but I agree I just think that um the the Suns are like such a fascinating team because pretty much like every playoff team there's like one guy that you can say is like the yeah. guy like the Hawks you know what I mean that's another team with like some people that are randomly like not Stars, but playing really well. But without Trey Young, they would just not be in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Um, the Suns definitely have like a really cool team. I like the vibe of the team. I like Chris Paul redemption arc in my brain. I really mess with that because.
1: Yeah. Was not a fan uh, of his at all. Yeah, and so we're recording this before game two. is healthy. Uh, game one was pretty um, fun. Um, Uh, Other than James Harden getting injured a minute in and is now he's now out with the same (laughs) hamstring injury that he was out with for like several weeks before the playoffs started. Really a shame. And hopefully he can get back to uh, to where he's been. But the, the crazy thing is, like, if you lose a player as good as James Harden in the playoffs, it's, you know, usually it would be like, okay, well, now you're done. You're toast. And the Nets are just like, no, we have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving also like we're chilling. It's it's really, like, the, when you really think about it, like, you know, at, some, at right. one point it was Kyrie and Harden, right. at one point it was Harden and KD, at one point it was KD and Kyrie, but they've been doing, they, it, you it's know, absurd. I, they put together, you know, a record good enough for a two-seed with two stars all along, really. They never had all three guys. Uh, right. And, of course, they looked unstoppable with all three, but, you know, they beat up M- Milwaukee, which is a great team. They beat them up pretty badly, With just Duran and Kyrie. And like, I don't think there's any reason to believe that they can't, you know, continue to, you know, just run teams over even without Harden, which is crazy because Harden is, you know, it's James Harden. Uh, You're not supposed to lose him and be okay. Uh, And, you know, you could argue that he's the best of those three guys, the best player on the team, and yet they can lose him and be totally fine. It's pretty remarkable.
0: Yeah. So this is a thought I've been having a lot recently Um, just with injuries. There's been a lot this season. There's always a lot, but just this season it seemed worse maybe because of the caliber of players that have been injured, but it's interesting. Like how injuries can maybe be an excuse sometimes and they surely do make teams like it make it harder for teams to face success. But at what level are injuries just a factor of it? Like, at what level do you need to build teams as to where if someone gets injured, like you still have a strong enough, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's really hard to get to that point because like winning a championship takes so much luck. And a lot right. of that luck is staying healthy, whether that's for the whole season to get the best seat you can or in the playoffs, like whatever it is. Like, I, you know, we all remember when the Warriors beat a zillion injured teams and they stayed healthy and nothing was really much of a challenge, including the shorthanded Grizzlies. Uh, <laughs> sorry to bring up bad memories, but, uh, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a really interesting spot that they're in because I can't remember the last time there was a team that lost a player, even half as good as James Harden, and then still had a chance to win without yeah. him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully
1: in- Harden is back at some point in this series or maybe next. Uh, hopefully this doesn't keep him out for the rest of the playoffs. Cause that would be a huge bummer. It would, um, but the crazy thing is, like you know, they can lose James Harden for the rest of the playoffs, and I would still probably say right now that they're the favorite to win the title, which is like a crazy thing to say uh, about that a team is that is so
0: crazy. And you know what? You could even argue that James Harden has been like the most important player on that team.
1: Yeah, I would argue it. I think I, he's the best player too. when they're all healthy,
0: which is so insane. Because like, what? Yeah. No, it it is crazy. Like, yes, even if James Harden is out for a good bit of the rest of the playoffs, I still would favor the Nets to win it all.
1: Yeah, I would too.
0: Which is weird. Um,
1: yeah. What do you, it's, uh, I was just going to say, it's like really remarkable that they have been able to get three guys as good as, Harden Kyrie and Durant all on the same team at the same time it's just insane and and
0: then you even have players like Blake freaking Griffin um just stepping up and playing yeah Blake Griffin
1: yeah Blake Griffin was awesome in game one Joe Harris is one of the best shooters in the league like they they somehow did this without totally sacrificing their depth like they still have a bunch of guys who come off the bench and give them good minutes it's really wild and that's why I think even regardless of the Harden injury they're still my pick to win the title
0: Right. Okay. So since this is burners and basketball, um, sometimes it's fun for me to like give like a little insight into things I tweet because I know that's why you're all listening. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I tweeted like a joke about how I feel bad for Pistons fans because uh re purb like Griffin because seeing your ex like put a lot more effort into their next relationship like sucks <laughs> and. Yeah. I got a Pistons fans got a hold of this tweet and uh, even like Pistons fans that I like love and like respect on Twitter. It's not even about that, but, and like those people were like very respectful, but you know, people will be like, shut up, bitch. Like <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> we don't care. Yeah. We don't like, it doesn't bother us that like, like, and I'm like, I know like it was, it was kind of like a joke, you know? And it's like, I'm guilty to it too, but I feel like everyone on the internet is just so quick to like find something to like be mad about, you know?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of that and it sucks. It's it worst. does
0: suck. And like, I don't think I'm better because I could see myself seeing a tweet about the Grizzlies and like reacting that way. But it's just funny because like I understand that it's like from that tweet. Like, if you read that, would you think that I actually felt bad for Pistons fans or that it was kind of just like a silly joke?
1: No, it's just, it's a silly joke. And it's like kind of wild that uh, I silly agree. jokes, silly jokes get a lot more pushback than they should because they are just silly jokes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That would uh, Twitter would be a lot more fun if everybody was kind of just chill. I I don't I've never understood like being mad because somebody said something negative about a sports team that I root for. Like who cares? No, right, and uh, like
0: especially because like that's just so not even negative. Like it's like choose your battles. I don't know. I feel like
1: yeah, and it's not even about the. It's about Blake more than anything else. It's about Blake not trying previously. Exactly.
0: Like I don't. It's like. It's almost like they're the exes that are like, oh, I don't even care. Like it was it was not a big deal. Like, yeah, this
1: is yeah, this podcast isn't just for us to like get mad at Twitter, <laughs> people getting mad at us, but that yes, is like very is. bizarre. And and I think like a thing in general, like NBA Twitter culture at this point that's like pretty weird.
0: And like one more thing about it. It's funny because it's like yeah, it's like, oh, well, he was injured and he still, like, put an effort for us. And it's, like, funny because it's, like, me trying to, like, defend my ex, even though they were just, like, a shitty person.
1: Nice. <laughs>
0: I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Like, Blake Griffin, I know it wasn't our feelings, but it was just a comparison I had to make. Uh, Just, like, little things that are not worth, like, actually caring about that you can talk about on a podcast because I would never tweet that because it's really not worth much time. Anyways, I want to go back to the Clippers Dallas series for a second before we talk about another series that I think we forgot about. Sorry, we're kind of like hopping around because there's just a lot going on and it's the morning and I haven't had my coffee yet. (laughs) So in that series... I just think we need to talk about how Luca has like zero help because yeah, <laughs> like going to seven with like a team with like several like very good players when you are by yourself is pretty remarkable.
1: Yeah, I mean Luca was like absolutely insane in this series. Uh, like he averaged, I think, like thirty six points, ten assists, and eight rebounds or something like that. He is just on like. To be doing that when you're guarded by like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard is so crazy in itself. Like let alone
0: at entire his age Clippers. too.
1: Right. To, like he's what, like 21 and know, he, he's nice. doing that to them. Uh, let me check here. He's, he just turned 22, like a 22 year old outplaying Kawhi Leonard and Paul George for large parts of a seven game playoff series.
0: Is he's like so one of the terrifying. Most, like, it's it, one like, of the
1: most impressive things I've seen from a young player ever. Like, like how
0: truly. is the league, like, how?
1: It's it's really unbelievable that he is this good this quickly. Uh, he's going to be, like, one of the best players of all time, I really he's think. He's going to
0: be, like, like, a LeBron type in the sense that teams are going to build, like, to beat him. Yeah. I, I see that happening, which is, like, very, like, a bold statement, but...
1: Yeah, I mean, you would never think to say about a 22-year-old, like, this is the best prospect we've seen since LeBron. But I think this is the best prospect we've seen since LeBron, which is, like, an insane thing to even, like, begin to think about because of what that actually means. But, I mean, Luca legitimately deserves it. He Uh, does. It's really, like, I don't even know what to say other than, like, it's absurd to think about how good he is. Uh, the last two years he's averaged 28 and a half points eight and a half assists and eight and a half rebounds per game
0: and yeah, it's just no like what on,
1: <laughs> what on earth are you supposed to do with that at 21 22 years old imagine what happens when he's 25 let alone like 27 28 and he, he like he's not even in his physical and he
0: has yet. like talented players alongside him right
1: he he was in a difficult team context playing against a great team with two elite defensive players and he still had an amazing series and he almost took a team without where he didn't have much help. Uh, he almost took them to the second round. Yeah. He's unbelievable. I really yeah. don't know what else to say. I feel like I'm probably just going to repeat the same words over and over, but like it's unreal how good he is. It is legitimately stunning.
0: I mean, just like quick shout out before I talk about LeBron, cause I want to talk about him for a second. Quick shout out to these young guys in the playoffs. I mean, even like, Ja Morant because you know like Ja Morant comes in and he just like plays some of the best basketball of his career so far against like very elite players sorry I'm like having to let open the door in my apartment um and then you have Trey Young you have Luca you have Devin Booker you know what I mean like just these guys like like as like we see LeBron perhaps I still think he has like some good runs in him I really do I mean I'm this podcast is not going to disrespect LeBron because I don't think that getting eliminated in this playoff should affect his legacy like at all personally.
1: Yeah. Agreed.
0: Yeah. So it's, we don't even need to get into that because I think it's just like absurd, but yeah, just shout out to these young guys and shout out to LeBron for being so good that people want to take any opportunity they can to discredit or pretend like he's not as good as he is. Um, The Trailblazers. Adam and I have had episodes in the last few weeks where we kind of called them out and said that we did not see this team doing anything. We thought, I I believe I said that they would be a first round exit. And I mean, I'm I'm not saying that I'm always right, but like, when am I wrong? So <laughs> what the heck? Yeah, we even had Sean Haikinen who's based in Portland for a bleacher report and we just talked about the Blazers because Adam and I have just been like
1: They're fascinating. Like,
0: they're fascinating. And like how is Damian Lillard gonna have the best game anyone has ever had in eternity? Um and still lose. So yeah, Adam,
1: that, that Damian Lillard game, I just like have to cut you off and say that. Like, no, you I've shouldn't. never seen anything like what Damian Lillard does at the end of games.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's really like one of the craziest things ever that he like a sh- he takes a clutch shot and like before it even goes up, you know it's going in. Uh, like I've never seen a guy as clutch as Damian Lillard. Uh, it's like I don't. It's like Luca, where I don't even yeah i don't even know the words to use to talk about it uh it's just so outrageous that someone can so consistently come through in big spots uh and you know it's interesting because now he's kind of in the spot where everybody's saying he's all on his own uh and now you know people want him to request a trade Uh, and he's always been you know loyal to portland i only want to play in one spot but, you know, time and time again, we see him do amazing things and then the team falls short anyways.
0: Oh, exactly. And, I mean, they fired the coach. Or, now they mutually agreed mutually to part Mutually parted ways, yeah. <laughs> Literally me when, like, a boy ends things with me. I'm like, no, we mutually agreed <laughs> nice. to part ways. I, I love that terminology for coaches leaving. But, it's which is so interesting because... I just feel like every time like a franchise is failing, it's like fire the coach when really yeah. a lot of it falls on the front office. Um, but there, I mean, there is like a factor that does involve the coach when you've had that talent for so long, but I don't know. I mean, CJ, I like, I just think anyone can be moved except for Dame. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, if I were the Blazers, I would be, Willing to trade anyone but damn, just to make sure that you keep him because, you know, he is someone who's always like I was just saying, he has always been like, you know, I don't I never want to leave Portland. I want to play for one team. I don't want to be a super team guy. But at some point you're running the risk. Didn't
0: Kevin Durant say the same thing? (laughs) Right.
1: At some point you're running the risk of making it so bad for him that and, you know, so difficult that he does ask out. So I would be like, well, whether it's CJ McCollum, who, like, I know they love and the fans love, but, like, whether it's him or Yusuf Nurkic or whatever, like, if they can make a trade that, you know, at least shakes things up, I really think they should, because when you have a player as special as Lillard, uh, you can't, like, get complacent. And they've been knocked out of the in the first round in, I think, four of the last five years. And at some point, things need to change. So I get... You know, getting rid of stats in that, you know, aspect of things, even though I'm not sure there's a better coach out there. Literally. For, you know, for <laughs> them to hire. Um, but they really should be like just trying to change the way they play, uh, just for the sake of like trying another route with Dame.
0: Yeah, but what's so interesting to me about like the whole fire the coach approach that rhymed, wow. Um, is that
1: <laughs> is that you're just like Shakespeare
0: exactly exactly is that like okay so now that sets you back like a whole other mile you know what i mean like it's yeah. like okay now we have to get comfortable playing around under another coach now i mean you have to think the dame was like very much okay with fire yeah. with getting rid of the coach because that's who you're making decisions
1: yeah exactly i would imagine i would imagine anything that they do will go through dame in some capacity which it probably should you know, because even if Dame is not qualified to be an NBA GM, uh, the, like the actual GM, should like absolutely be worried about what Dame thinks of all this, and should not want to do something that Dame is going to be upset about. Because when you have a player as good as Damian Lillard, you have to do whatever you can to keep them around.
0: Yeah, and I mean the playoffs have just been like so remarkable. I think that it's absurd to say that like we shouldn't be as excited because these some of these classic teams are getting eliminated. Like the Lakers are gone because this is exactly what a lot of real NBA fans want. You know what I mean? Yeah, This is awesome.
1: I I mean, it's like like amazing. Yeah. I have absolutely no idea who's going to be in the finals. Exactly. And we're in round two and I have no clue. Like, you know, we spent a lot of years where we knew exactly who was going to be in the finals Mm -hmm. before the regular season even started. We're in round two and like, I think most people feel pretty good about the Nets at this point, but like nobody has any clue who's going to win the West. You know, how do you pick between the Clippers who have Kawhi and Paul George versus the Jazz who had the best record in the league? How do you choose between the Suns who looked so good and Nikola Jokic, who's going to win MVP? And then the winners of those two series against each other, like there's just so much chaos going on. Uh, it's really cool and not something that we personally have experienced in a long time.
0: Adam, I feel like that was such a good conclusion. I, I don't know. I feel like you just summarized everything. <laughs> and perfectly. that's why I love basketball. <laughs> and that is why he is the co-host of the Burners of Basketball podcast. Um, I feel like we touched on like everything that needed to be touched on. I think that this week, I think that next week, I'm very excited to see how our conversations differ from this week. Because every week I threaten, like, we're going to do two episodes this week. One week it'll be true. <laughs> we're, you know, we're just, like, so busy. Like
1: <laughs> We'll we'll get to it.
0: We'll get to it. We'll get to it. But I think this is probably a pretty short episode. I hope this means that you will all listen to the entire thing. Adam, do you have any other playoff thoughts? Uh, what do you think? Okay, to finish it off, Sixers, Hawks... What's your prediction?
1: I think the Sixers end up taking the series, but I think it's going to be tough.
0: No, um, I mean like Sixers in.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, Sixers, I will go. I've previously said Sixers in six. Now I'll say in seven. Ooh. Uh, the Hawks are really good. And Trey Young is unbelievable. Trey um, Young is unbelievable. Yeah. He really, he really torched the Sixers. I touched on it briefly before, but. His, like his shooting and passing and basketball IQ all together is just like outrageous. And he's like this little like 5'11, like a hundred pound, obviously not literally hundred pounds, but you know what I mean. Like yeah. this little tiny point guard I who's know. the smallest player on the floor by so much. And like like yesterday, he was the best player on in the floor that included Joel Embiid. Uh it's just crazy how he can control a game offensively. Um and they have a bunch of other good players. I thought all along that it was going to be a tough series for the Sixers. I didn't think that they would go down by thirty in the in Game One. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. The Hawks are really good. I'm going to still say Sixers in seven. But if you told me the Hawks were going to win, I wouldn't really argue with you at this point because I think there's a real chance.
0: Okay, you know, as I watch like St- Seth Curry, I can't help but think that like he would have been very helpful on the Mavericks.
1: Yeah. That was a really, yeah, that was a very not good trade for them. Josh Richardson was not good.
0: for Vol, Tennessee Vol Yeah.
1: And I feel bad because I love Josh Richardson. and I thought that was like a perfect spot for him because I thought he could be like that kind of defensive combo guard next to Luca that they kind of needed, but it doesn't seem to be working out. Seth Curry in Philly has been wonderful. He shot 45% from three this year. Um, So, yeah, I feel good about the Sixers generally, but I'm a little worried. Uh, And, yeah, I think the conclusion here is that Luka Doncic needs more help.
0: Yeah. Um, And he needs to start wearing undershirts, so he doesn't. And
1: start wearing undershirts. (laughs)
0: Um, So, uh, thoughts on Trae Young. I have, like been someone who is very much opposed Trey young i've never opposed his talent i just oppose him as a player because he's annoying however i do think that as his game like continues to improve on very impressive levels he's starting to play more basketball as opposed to the whole ridiculous like theatrics and i do like that he's becoming like sort of this villain especially like in madison square garden i think it's cool
1: yeah it's super cool yeah i always love i always love a villain in sports i love when people embrace it and Trey Trey definitely has right uh, like
0: i like i can't like root for dylan brooks and like say that Trey young sucks i think that yeah he's a fun he's fun
1: yeah it's cool and like you know we were talking about last week when we talked about all the disasters with the fans like Booing a guy, heckling a guy, as long as you're not like crossing a line is totally fine and just like part of sports. And right. I have no issue with it. And it's cool when, like, you know, in the arena last night at the Sixers game or yesterday afternoon, you know, the crowd is booing Trey Young. They're chanting Trey Young sucks. And Trae then Trey Young is and then Trey Young. Yeah, right. And then Trey Young makes big plays and he silences the crowd. And then there were plays where he would miss a shot and the crowd would go crazy. And it's a cool little Back and forth, and uh it's always fun when there's someone who embraces that side of things, and he yeah. certainly has.
0: Yeah, I mean, and there's no fan base classier than the Philadelphia Seventies. Oh Sixers yeah, fan base. that's right.
1: Philadelphia fans <laughs> are known to be very gracious. <laughs>
0: exactly, exactly. So I think that'll be a nice step up from New York. Yeah. as we yeah. know, Sixers fans are so respectful.
1: Yeah, always. Philadelphia sports fans are are the most respectful in all in all of America. It's really true. Yes,
0: that sounds like a. Trump bleep out tweet um yeah <laughs> literally okay everyone thank you we will end it on that note thank you so much for listening but uh, don't forget to subscribe rate comment review like follow I don't know if all of those are even things you can do but do them don't forget to follow burners and Beball on Twitter email us any questions concerns hot takes. Burners in basketball at gmail.com but a easier way to send us hot takes is hashtag Take on twitter send us all your hot takes especially with the playoffs heating up we will get into those thank you so much for listening we hope you have a great week of playoff basketball and your team does well Adam any final words go sons go <laughs> hashtag cancel Sixers Adam Go, sons. All right. Thank you, everyone.